step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stream so we can talk about that thing. Or, or, okay, right, wait. Stop streaming. Okay. Stop streaming. All right. See you, streamers. We love you. Bye. Bye, streamers. Okay, really quick, I'm going to do one more thing, and I want you to tell me what this does to my audio. I didn't want to do that during the show because I didn't want to make anything any worse, but... Here we go. How does this uh, sound? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I didn't hear anything. It just I heard you, but I didn't hear anything awful. I was, I was kind of bracing myself. I, I know. Well, so I went back into the system preferences, and so sometimes Skype is doing one thing, and uh, my system is doing another. So how does that sound? A that lot sound better. Yeah. Uh, well, now I've got both Skype and the computer going through my goddamn headset instead of through the, the audio. But I didn't want to do that when, when I... Uh, I didn't want to do that in the middle of the show because last time I tried to do that in the middle of the show, apparently things got very right. loud and angry. I, I think the levels are a little bit low, so you want to bring that up. But other than that, you sound pretty good. Well, now it's actually coming through my really nice headset instead of through the gut. I, I think right, right, right. That's what I'm die. saying is I think your yeah. headset could use a little tweaking, but other than that, it it's definitely better. Yeah, I kind of wish I had done that now in the middle of the show, but I didn't. I had already fucked things up once, so. Ugh. Well, All considering right. it's your first full week back in a while, uh, yeah. I mean that's fine. You get a pass. I I am just annoyed, and I'm sorry. That's okay. These things happen. Okay, so next week I have to work because I only get several days. I only get a couple days before I get on the plane. You said we're not streaming anymore, right? We are not. Okay. Um, I arrive Friday morning, super super early because I uh both um so I have a red eye, um and so my plan is to sleep for at least the rest of Friday morning once we get into the hotel. Um, but I should have Friday evening if there, there's nothing going on rehearsal wise and I am up for anything. I'm not getting in until like 11. So at the earliest, uh, PM or AM PM. Oh, on Friday. Right. Okay. Well then we will not be playing destiny Friday night. Um, (laughs) because you will not be here. (laughs) No, I, well, I will be there Friday night. Maybe probably. Okay. And I know, uh, so actually, it'll probably be good for me to get in and just get to sleep because Izzy gets in the next morning. She's not sure when she's getting in because uh, her train plans apparently have been affected by track work. So her original, basically, she has to choose between getting in later, which I've tried to discourage her uh, from, and getting in earlier because uh, we're doing that uh, joint Nathan-Izzy birthday lunch. Yay. Oh, I didn't know about this. Oh, talk to Nathan and Carly. Okay. Talk to Car- Actually, talk to Carly. Carly is my co-conspirator in this. Okay. I will, well, I, I have been talking to them because uh, Nathan and Carly are my roommates. So I'm kind of surprised this is the first time I've heard about Ask Carly to bring this. up the joint birthday lunch on Friday or Saturday. And uh, there's, a, there's a German restaurant not far from you, you guys' hotel. So basically the plan is I'm going to get in Friday night. 
probably not even unpack my car, the car I'm getting, just bring in whatever I need. Then the next morning, uh, get up bright and early, go grab Izzy, bring her straight to lunch. And then I, I don't know what we're going to be doing the rest of the afternoon. I, get, I think it's probably good to have that kind of free time because I don't yeah. think we can check into our actual hotel until like three or something. Oh, okay. Sorry well, about that, guys. It's possible that the reason that uh, she hasn't mentioned anything is because um, so she'd emailed me about plans for that Friday and Saturday. And I had said, well, you know, here's here's some of the things I'd like to do, you know, and I'm certainly up for just about anything. But I want to be available for any rehearsals. And I don't know when the rehearsals are for the actual wedding. So it's very possible she hadn't mentioned anything because especially if it's Saturday, she might have thought that I might be at some sort of rehearsal. So I will let her know that I will be there because I want to be there um, on on both their birthdays. And now I need to bring more gifts. God damn it. I, I actually am looking at Izzy's gift right now. I... I so like I had gift for Jenga and I have my sister's birthday is the Wednesday beforehand. So I'm bringing her birthday gift with me when I go to visit her and I got to bring gift for parents cause I'm visiting them. And uh, Nathan, I was going to try to give uh, after I got back, but if there's going to be party, maybe I'll bring it. Uh, gifts loaded up, loaded up. God oh, yeah. damn it. So uh, I got to I got to check it anyway. So it's not a bad, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt. So for the uh, Tuesday afterwards, I'm probably not free. A million things I got to do in the couple of days that we have after the wedding. I'm actually going back to work the following Thursday, if you can believe it, because we're trying to do India. But um, tough talk, Tony Spencer. Actually, expressed oh, an interest. No, I, no really? I, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. No, I, just, I leave Monday night to go to fly to Buffalo, so I'm not even in town. I I can produce the show if you. Uh, I just. I don't have a good rapport with Tough Talk. I'm sure I'll, I'll, when I meet him, he'll be lovely and it, it'll it'll be great. But I, in this environment, okay. I mean, maybe that's fair. I, I, um, when you, when you don't, mentioned don't it, make I, a deci- I, don't make a decision right now. Go to the wedding, hang out with them, and then whatever you want to do on Tuesday, that's on you. Listen. Fair if the three of us could do a podcast together, then I want to do a live Glib Shark. I don't want to do a live Tough Talk with Tony Spencer. Oh, wow! Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna. Drop I didn't realize that. he was that. Wow. No, okay. no, and, and that's that's less about him and more about how often us. are the three of us in the same room at the same time? And if we're gonna do a live, if we're gonna do a podcast together, then that's what I want to do. No, no, I want to no, do a no. live. He's Glib talking shark. about Tuesday night, Tuesday or the regular Tuesday night show. I know. But I'm saying if if we happen like and I got to leave Monday night, so I can't right. be live there. If we were going to try to do something live together, that's what I want to do. OK, um, obviously, that day is super busy for me. Monday? No, Sunday, the actual wedding day. Monday I'm off, but I have a wedding in, in New Jersey I have to go to. You're going to a wedding after you have your own wedding? Yeah. Like it, apparently it's good luck. Uh, my my parents like I have an old friend. Like his uh, his neighbors' parents live really close to my parents, so we started hanging out a little bit. We get married around the same time, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to go. Actually, the the first thing we do is husband and wife is actually go to his wedding. You know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> well, the only second thing about that is I actually have all day on Monday, so I was gonna. Do you really? Well, we'll see. Maybe I can skip the reception and just go for. I may skip the wedding and just go for the reception, which is until the afternoon. But uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear. I'll let you know. It, yeah, it's okay. I'm traveling on Monday. I'd actually forgotten that 
I, I was like, a wedding on a Monday? That's really bizarre. I had forgotten that that was actual Memorial Day. Yeah. Okay. Now, my flight on Monday doesn't leave until like 8 or 9 at night. And while I'll have to be at the airport super early because of the goddamn oboe, I still have most of the day. So if you know anybody <laughs> who's doing anything. Wait, so wh- why is that? Because you're just wh- – why does the oboe affect your flight plans? A couple reasons. One, because I have the oboe, I have to check a bag. I can't, um, I can't bring the bag on board, um, which automatically because you're means carrying it, the oboe on, right? Because, yeah, because the oboe doesn't get checked. Um, so part of that is just luggage. I I can't bring everything on with me. Uh, in this case, I'm also bringing read stuff because I'm traveling across the country. So I need to bring my knives to make sure that I sound okay. And of course, the knives can't be brought on the plane, so I have to check a bag. Um, also, I always get searched every single time I bring an instrument with me. So I ha- if if I go the why recommended- do they think it's an instrument of destruction? <laughs> boom boom um the pipe bomb of my dreams um most of the time it's just abject curiosity because how often do you see an instrument going through security um but i i am almost always searched and and not like strip search or anything it's the oboe gets searched but if i go two hours before like is recommended then even worst case scenario i still make my flight Sure. So it is it is simply and sometimes it goes beautifully. There have been a couple times in where I don't get searched and the bag gets put on without a problem and I'm through security in like 10 minutes and then I have a fucking hour and a half in the airport and I'm like, well, now what the hell do I do? But those times are rare. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel. Lauren Oboe Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Jack. Hi, I'm Lauren. And we are Glib Shark. Tonight we are live, despite the static, and we want to hear from you about everything going on this week and in your lives. The number to call is 215-486-2125, or if you have Skype, call Jengaship, and we'll let you in on the conversation. But first, as always, or at least as often as we can, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy here to do a little something that we call This Week in Static. I mean Geek. How you doing, Lauren? Well, wait a second. If I'm still staticky, I need to know. No, no, you're good now. I was just, I was just you're uh, just clicky. Well, I, yes, because I'm near a goddamn computer and I need to click on things like the very first thing I'm going to talk about, which is the Muppets are back. Now, we've known about the new Muppet show for a little while, but details are finally becoming settled, especially as they just released a trailer, a well teaser, I guess, a few hours ago. And you should definitely watch it. It's been a very long time since I have watched any kind of teaser or trailer and had any response to it besides meh. And this time, I actually laughed. It was very funny. Uh, It reminds me, I think, of the Larry Sanders show mixed with the Muppets. But, you know, watch it for yourself. See what you like. Um, It's going to be by producers Bill Prady and Bob Kershaw, Big Bang Theory and Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, It's going to basically follow the Muppets as they develop and put on a brand new TV show. 
but it's going to include a lot of the stuff that we've seen from The Office and Parks and Rec. It's a very handheld show. It's going to include looking at the camera interviews and a lot of the backstage drama. It's almost being billed more as an adult Muppets. And by adult, I mean like those of us who remember the original Muppet show and now we're going to get to see the Muppet show as adults. Definitely go watch the trailer. It's super funny. I was cautiously optimistic before, and now I'm actually kind of excited. For other things that I'm cautiously optimistic and maybe slightly excited, and now we have more information for news, X-Files! That's right, the X-Files is coming back. It's confirmed X-Files will return for six episodes. They're going to air two nights a week starting Sunday, January 24th, and then the following Monday. It's a six-episode series, and Chris Carter, Dave Duchovny, and Gillian Anderson are all confirmed to be there. And I'm kind of excited. Uh, so we finally have a date to look forward to, Sunday, January 24th. Uh, they haven't really said anything else. Let's see what happens. Finally, in If I Had More Money Than I Knew What To Do With News, haven't you ever wanted to own a Tron light cycle? An actual working, take-it-out-on-the-road Tron light cycle? Yeah, you can you can do that now. The going rate for one is just $77,000. Yeah, a little more than I can afford. The bike was sold at an auction by R.M. Sotheby's as part of a wider auction of the Andrews collection to an undisclosed bidder. It actually wasn't the most valuable thing on the lot. A 1962 Ferrari 400 went for $7,645,000. So, you know, this was kind of a steal. But go take a look. It's pretty awesome. It actually lights up in blue. And as far as I know, it is street legal as long as you are wearing a helmet. So, hey, you know, save up your money. Maybe the next time it comes up for auction, you can get one. That's all for This Week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy, and I am... Now, before I say the world is indeed a strange place, I should point out that half of the appeal for me to own a Tron-like motorcycle is to have that wall of destruction falling behind it. Without the wall, it's pretty much meaningless to me. No well, wall, no sale. As, <laughs> as far as I can see, you don't get the wall. Well, that just stinks. Well, if you do have a fact you want read live on the air, because the world is indeed a strange place, say, for instance... Fozzie doing a guest spot on the X-Files, riding a Tron light motorcycle. You can send it to Lauren at obocrazy.com. And if it's a good fact, even if it's not that great a fact, well, let's just say it's a good fact. She'll, put, she'll read it live and on the air. And while you're at it, go to glibshark.com, full of past episodes of classic Jenga Jam, modern Glibshark, and all-time podcast. Glibshark.com, where we house all of our content. And I hate my microphone. I so totally hate my microphone. I am. We hate your so, microphone too, by the way. I am so upset right now. Uh, well, it's okay. We're here now and we can hear you. <coughs> Best thing to do is to put it behind you. Well, not actually. I'm, don't don't move the microphone because that, that's bad news. I, I could move the microphone, but I don't think it will actually help. I am just upset. <coughs> and Jonathan is just coughing. There is coughing going on. Yes. Sorry, a, I'm trying to figure out. So, I'm I'm playing around with this Twitter uh, widget deal, and the problem is that like 
when I did one for me, it did tweets that I was mentioning. So it did like little little replies and stuff. Hold on a sec. And now it's just failing miserably. But when I do Glip Shark, it's not letting me do that same thing. It's just showing tweets that we tweeted, not tweets back at us. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. But I know that probably for the for the stream, we're going to use a hashtag and I'm going to use a search for that hashtag. I'm just wondering, like, going forward, if we want to include this Twitter feed in the stream, it might be easier to base it off a hashtag. So I guess my question to you guys is, what should be the live glib shark hashtag? Something other than the obvious hashtag glib shark live. Uh, oh, there goes my answer. I was about to say, why can't we just do hashtag Gloop Shark Live? What's wrong with that? Well, because I'm hoping for something funnier from you guys. Oh, well, then you're in to be very disappointed. <laughs> How about Chum Speak? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> live Chum. Yeah, Live Chum. I like it. Live Chum. Yeah. Eight letters. It's irreverent enough. It's catchy. It's, it's yeah. Dare I say glib? Just did. I feel brave. Okay, live chum. Uh, we decided on that, live chums. Okay, so I, I guess from now on, and let's give this a shot. There actually, there shouldn't be anything. Oh, I'm going to do this right now. Fuck yeah. So there shouldn't be anything under live chum. Like live chum. One should hope. One, yeah, <laughs> there should be nothing I there. I don't know. I am tempted to invoke rule 34 and say there probably is something. No, oh. th- I mean, I, okay, let me look. Let me search for hashtag. For hashtag live chum. You know, Actually, I can just do this here. Hang on, search. I think the three of us are the only thing that I'm fairly confident there is no Rule 34 counterpart for. There is no Rule 34 for Glib Shark, and I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, there's a Rule 34 for me, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, yeah, it's individual. That's, I just assumed, but collectively? Okay. No. So live chum is an empty timeline right now. Yes. All I'll, right. I'll show it on the Facebook page. We are officially calling dibs. Dibs. All right. I'm creating the live chum widget, and I'm going to throw it into the stream here. Live chum widget. That sounds like a British nickname, like for someone who lives in Liverpool. Oh, Scotland Yard is its a cold case. Oh, I know. Let's ask Live Chum Widget. He'll know exactly what to do. I don't know. English accent fail. They were only in my parents' country for 300 years. Never really mastered the accent, though, I guess. Nah, well, that's okay. I, I am reminded on a weekly basis when I play D&D how awful I am at accents. Just completely horrible. Yeah. That's why for my first like D&D type game, I'm actually doing something at work. I'm kind of excited about it. Like uh, we're having a picnic, but we can't do too many outdoorsy things because liability, liability, liability. No one wants to file a workman's comp claim. So yeah. they need something like fairly safe. So I developed like a really quick like zombie kind of dungeon delve kind of thing. Just quick encounter, four zombies, four guys, maybe a boss if there's time, and then just go from there. Boss zombie? Like, or, like Left for Dead zombie? Um, I haven't decided what the zombie rules are yet. They're not going to be like Romero fastwalker zombies. They're going to be pretty, keep it pretty simple. I'm going to base the characters off of Walking Dead a little bit. So you're going to have a marshal, a a sniper, a healer, and then also a sword person guy because there's got to be a sword guy. 
Oh, there's always got to be a sword guy. Yeah, and then just keep the combat multiplier as simple as possible. Attacks have basic values. They you know, either hit or miss. No, just one 20-sided die for each person. Keep it as simple as streamlined as possible. See, now, I would like to do nothing but that for Event Redacted. Why can't, you know, or when I have my own version of Event Redacted, that's what I want to do is just play games. Just play yeah. custom little games. But I'm, I'm completely a dork. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. Keep it, like, simple entry-level stuff, like, especially our D&D game, like, if, you know, depending on what format that takes. Um, just you know, one 20-sided die being the mechanic for every, almost everything. Hey, guys, how do I sound now? You sound pretty good. Okay. A little, have, little far away. little far away? Interesting, because I just switched to my Plantronics headset, which is my old standby instead of... Instead of my computer deciding what it wanted to do. So I will just talk a little louder. But hopefully you guys won't have the static issues I had before or the typing issues. Yay. Yay. All right. Progress. So now all we have to do is figure out this, this live streaming issue and we're all set. I love it. Well, it's like even eight years in, it's like a work in progress. It's kind of exciting. <sighs> well, yeah, we're trying new stuff because uh, and I'm going to keep mentioning it because it's it's a thing. We are going to be doing a. 16-hour stream on Friday, 7 o'clock Central Time, May 15th, and we're calling it Destiny Sherpas for Nepal. And uh, as far as I know, Nepal had another earthquake today. Yeah. I don't yeah, think there were any deaths, one. but they uh, it, it's pretty bad. So we're going to be going through and uh, and doing some rating in Destiny, but also bringing some awareness to, to the causes and the organizations that are going to be helping uh, Nepal recover. Yeah, and Absolutely. I saw the the test streams that you had that were the um, uh, you you guys were playing Destiny and the um, the video and the audio sounded really good. Although the the video on Destiny was a little uh, choppy, but so like your video audio looks here's good. the thing, thing me the and if you look at the videos that I posted on the Glibshark YouTube page, they're very pixelated and very green, yeah. and that's because the Ban the bandwidth or the bitrate was throttled. The bitrate was throttled, and so what happened were when the bitrate got gets low enough, it that's what it does. It just it, it doesn't look very good at all because it's using giant pixels instead of little little tiny good looking pixels. So earlier tonight, I was trying to raise the bitrate a little bit, and it didn't fucking work. Like hmm. it was just. It was still bad, so I I'm not sh I, I'm I'll figure it out. I might just have to have the the stream window a little bit smaller and do and do that. It sucks because that would that means that the videos afterward won't won't be particularly good. I, I think the videos that we got turned out fine just because they were really really funny, but I uh, but going forward we're not going to be able to rely on that completely. We're going to have to get our act together and. So that might mean that might mean I have to actually get bigger internet tubes for for this. And I don't understand why this widget isn't fucking working. Ah, <laughs> uh, internet troubles. Apparently so, today's episode is called Everybody Hates Technology. The previous Oh god. All right. You know what? I'm going to try something else. Hang on. Hang on. Let me Okay. Some world okay. watcher you turn out to be widget. Oh, jeez, widgets. 
Yeah. Man, where, where's your megabrain when you need them? So to talk about completely different things while Jonathan fools around with, with his internet, now that at least my headset thing is fixed, I am so behind on TV, it is depressing. I missed uh, the most recent Game of Thrones. I have, I'm going to miss tonight's uh, season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I still haven't seen last week's, although I finally caught up to uh, the last episode before Age of Ultron came out. I still have only seen one episode of Daredevil. So really, that yeah. I feel like Daredevil. You have to move to the top of your list. I actually just rewatched the uh, the the episode with. Um, actually, it's in the middle of the series. Someone from Daredevil's past comes back. I'm not going to say who, but uh, it's one of my favorites, and it held up very, very well. So I'm probably going to go back and rewatch Daredevil again for the second time. And to be fair, live network television, I'm not great, and even like. Ba- Cable and premium channels, I'm not that great at. I've primarily been doing a combination of uh, Netflix, Yahoo Screen, and uh, YouTube. And that's where I get most of my content from. So I watch Community, Other Space is really good. Um, On Netflix, uh, there's a series which apparently starring, um, it looks like Lily Tomlin, Sam Waterson, and uh, Martin uh, Martin Sheen. And apparently Sam Waterson and Martin Sheen are in love with each other. So I I feel like I kind of have to watch this show. The whole premise is like these wives get ready for retirement and they're like best friends and they found out that their husbands are in, have been in love with each other for years. Well, and that's been the thing like I really want to keep uh, – I really want to watch Daredevil. But I feel like right now um, it's been long enough since Daredevil came out, which is a weird thing to say considering it was an entire season, that it's I feel long. like I I can – yeah, but the fact that it all got dumped I think – so many people that I know basically watch it all within about a week, week and a half. And I'm at the point where I have uh, these other things that are fairly current. I've, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Game of Thrones, and then some stuff that I've been watching online that I feel a more pressing need to keep up with. Because at this point, like if I get spoiled with Daredevil stuff, it's my own goddamn fault. But within about a week of stuff airing, I feel it not only it necessary to watch something if I want to uh, remain unspoiled, but also to just simply participate in the conversation. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've been watching almost exclusively through the ABC app which does a weird throttling thing with the most recent episode or two in where it doesn't unlock it immediately. It unlocks it unless you actually log in with your cable credentials. And Mm. that's, which means I wasn't able to watch last week's episode yet. Mm. Um, You know, so I'm like, but I'm okay with being a week behind. Um, Game of Thrones, I just, I had to work and then I was out of town yesterday. So I'll probably catch up with it maybe even tonight. I don't know. But like, being able to stay current on some of these shows, considering how few of them I watch, it's it's aggravating because I want to be able to have those conversations. I intentionally have stopped reading Game of Thrones so that I could have the experience of watching it and participating in the conversation with everybody, and now I'm behind and I am annoyed. Well, not not to get too spoilery, but the book readers... The the book reading master race, as it mm. were, as I like to refer to ourselves, we're just as lost as you plebeians. <laughs> Only with some of the characters, like I, I, there's still a couple of characters that um, stuff is going to happen or has not happened yet that I know about. But I know some of the characters have skipped ahead of stuff or have, or are doing different things or you know the books haven't reached 
you know, basically the books and the TV show are either at parody or the characters are now ahead, you know? So I'm just, but I feel a little more freedom now to just be cautious with a couple of characters instead of having to be cautious with the whole goddamn thing. And now I'm the show behind. Well, and you're then, not the only, you're not the only one behind on your game of Thrones stuff. Uh, so due to a lot of interruptions and scheduling conflicts and all sorts of other stuff, uh, Izzy and I have not recorded our next episode of, of the, of the glib shark game of Thrones spoiler cast. Yeah. And at this point, like, Last week, if we had done it last week, we would have had a ton of stuff to talk about with the two episodes. With this fifth episode, we're going to have even more. I, I don't know how we're going to get all through it, but it's it, it's been a lot of stuff to digest. And I can hear someone clicking in and stuff. My hands are nowhere near my keyboard. Yeah, that's probably me. It, it's probably always me, and I'm annoyed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's I, a very there's a very simple answer. <laughs> shall I shall I share my answer or at least my suggestion? Well, if your suggestion is not to tweet when asked to tweet with live chum, then the answer to your answer is. I see. That's a that's a pretty thoughtful and well considered <laughs> rebuttal. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I actually love that live that that hashtag though live chum. It's it's just so fitting. It's so appreciate. We got a, it's a shark pun. Of course I like it. So I will admit one of the other reasons I'm behind on traditional TV shows is because I have become addicted to a couple of, of internet shows that are lengthy enough that they have taken over most of my time that I have to watch anything, which is not a lot. I mean, frankly, the, the amount of days, especially the last two months that I've had, you know, time in order to sit and just watch something without doing like three other things has been incredibly limited. Um, I've, I've been totally become totally addicted to critical role, which is the D and D uh, game live game that they show on geek and sundry. Um, but that is every episode they put out once a week is about three to four hours. So that's, oh, wow. a, that's a, well, yeah, because they sit down. They it's it's a live D and D game, and sure. so it's it's worth it because they they have a couple of encounters and a lot of story. For for those of you that don't know, Critical Role is uh, Matt Mercer and a bunch of his voice acting friends who've been playing D and D for the last couple of years. And the Geek and Sundry came along and said, "Hey, do you mind playing D and D in front of cameras? And we'll you know send you pizza and give you kind of a cool place to to do it, and you can add it to your list of of resume stuff." And everybody went, "Yeah." And so it's watching voice actors play D&D. So it's like watching live improv amazing voice actors play something that is totally dependent on live acting and improv and voice acting. And it's amazing. But yeah, That's it's a- they do it every Thursday night and the episodes can be three to four hours long. Yeah, I can understand where all your time went. That is a pretty big investment. That's, That's like, yeah. It's like two movies a week. Easily. Well, and then the other thing that I watch on a weekly basis is uh, Day Nine does a show, and I probably I think I've talked about this before. It's called Mostly Walking, which is Monday nights, and I don't watch either of these shows live because usually I'm doing other things. Um, but Mostly Walking is it's him and Sean Plot, it's Sean Plot and Sean Bouchard, and um, I've just lost the other gentleman's name, and I'm going to have to look it up. But they play adventure games, and they. They, it's, it's a live, it's a let's play with adventure games if 
played by three people who were not only incredibly funny, but super intelligent about game design, especially adventure game design. So one minute you're laughing at something hysterical that one of them has said, and then the next minute they're having a, a super intelligent 10-minute discussion about uh, game design choices in the puzzle that you're watching. So mm-hmm. it's it's super neat. But that is also like a three-and-a-half-hour show. So yeah. it is... And those are things that I can watch on my computer in my room while I'm making oboe reads or doing other things while the TV is not as easily accessible. So those have kind of taken over my life in a good way. I love them both. Well, yeah. the the live chum hashtag is doing its job. Hooray! We have a we have a question from one Mr. John Sharp, a, aka Crazy Boy eighty seven. Who still doesn't fucking know when a Gorgon is looking at him? Check out the Glipshark YouTube page <laughs> for more context to that. But he asks, question is, what does it do? Referring to the fact that Live Chum, the hashtag, is a thing. It does this. Uh, since I don't watch the twi- since I don't watch any of uh, the chats or anything, uh, this is a way for me personally to see what the fuck is going on out there. And and it puts it up on the stream, which I think might be a little bit more fun. And we'll figure out some other stuff now that I'm actually getting in and playing around with uh, Open Broadcaster. We'll see if there's any anything else I can uh, I can dig up here. Strange experimental days are coming for your broadcast, Clip Shark. Mm. So uh, listen, we, listen live, and we can answer your questions on the chat. We also have a tweet from uh, our good friend Connor McRae, aka Dark Buller. So listening to Gl- Glibshark with Deadliest Catch on the TV in the background and using uh, hashtag LiveChum and hashtag Dark Seas. Super meta fish joke achieved. <laughs> okay. If we can somehow get um, – oh, God, I've just lost his name. Uh, Mike Rowe. If we can get him on the show, that would be amazing. So no, I, well, I would, no, not a micro fan. Come on, well, guys. Well, I, I just don't see how our show is a dirty job. I because it's a deadliest catch. No, he, uh, micro doesn't do deadliest catch. I thought he's the narrator for deadliest catch. Is he? I could have sworn he is. I thought he was. I thought he just did uh, uh, dirty jobs, and and he has a new show on like CNN. No, he does a whole bunch of voiceover work, especially for Discovery, and I am I am pretty positive. Oh God! You're gonna hear me typing. I'm no, I'll get to... it. I'll get it. Yeah, you get it. You look because I am. I am positive he does. Because I remember seeing. Um, I think it's his personal YouTube. He actually puts up clips of him doing voice acting work, and he does deadliest catch. Quick! Hmm. Someone on the Twitter confirm my suspicions. So See, now I feel like we're the Rooster Teeth podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try to be exciting. Now we have a way to interact with our audience, and that's. Totally cool. Lauren, when you were talking about, um, I guess, critical, well, let's call it again, critical hit? Critical role. And critical role is role. R-O-L-E as befitting a bunch of voice actors. Oh, I get it. He is the narrator on I, I, Deadliest Catch. Yes! And, well, I just, he's not somewhat, like, I just don't watch Deadliest Catch, like, yeah. the show. All I see are the clips. Well, and I don't watch it either, but what I seem to remember, and now I can at least say for, that I can say for certain it was Desley's Catch, he would put out these videos of like him doing the voiceover work for a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the videos he put out, and I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, so look this up, is um, sometimes he doesn't get a script 
what he gets is someone else doing a reading of whatever the narration he needs is. And so he'll put on headphones and as he's listening to someone narrate, he is re-narrating the narration so that they can get his narration instead of this other guy's. And he didn't explain in the video why they do it that way, instead just give him a paper script, but you got to watch him do this. And it's amazing. It is, because I can't imagine how difficult that must be to listen to someone talking and repeat what they're saying, not knowing what they're gonna say and managing to still sound conversational. And it is, it is testament to how good he is. And yes, you should all be looking this up on YouTube right now because it's amazing. Also, Jenga, you had questions about Critical Role, which I'm more than happy to answer as a fan of the show. Well, more that when you were talking about it, I thought you were talking about the tabletop spinoff, which is the RPG show that they're launching, I guess, pretty soon on June 2nd, where it's going to be apparently uh, Hank Green, Laura Bailey, Allison Haleslip, and Yuri Lowenthal do playing a D&D campaign. Apparently yeah, with the with we I think I think Will Wheaton is is uh, DMing, basically DMing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. That's, um, from what I've seen, that's going to be a custom, um, not just campaign, but also, um, it, it, they're not doing like a standard Pathfinder or 5th edition or uh, one of the other sets out there. They're doing a custom campaign with a custom rule set, and it's just kind of in the D&D vein. And I am totally excited about that, too. Um that looks to be more, uh, that's not going to have any of the miniatures, I think. That's going to be purely conversational role play. Uh, critical role, they, they were playing Pathfinder until they came to, uh, to um, Geek and Sundry, and now they're using 5th edition rules. And they, he, Matt Mercer draws amazing maps, and they do stuff with um, movement and role playing, and, and it's, it's kind of the full D&D experience. Um, it's also a giant group there when all, when everybody is there, there's nine people, including the DM. So it's, it's pretty amazing to watch this group play. Thumbs up. Well, now I'm on the, you recommend it. And the nice thing is, I think with YouTube, they have the function where you can actually like tab where you left off and come back to it later on. Yeah. Now critical role i've only ever been able to watch through the geek and sundry website because their stuff is purely through twitch and so what happens is you can subscribe and they've just started doing this there's a bunch of shows that geek and sundry do that uh, are only live shows and then they archive some of the twitch streams and you can see them through geekandsundry.com and critical role is one of them um the will wheaton RPG show because that's a pre-recorded show. I think that's going to end up on their YouTube channel. So if you want to see Critical Role, you do have to go to geekandsundry.com. But yeah, those okay. those episodes are uh, they just put up one that I haven't had a chance to even watch yet, and I think it's like three hours. Wow! But well, for a D and D game, that's kind of average. That's yeah, that's sure. sure. That kind of makes sense. Uh, that said, like you know, how do you make that viewable? I guess you know putting three or four hours into it, I had to, I'd probably had to break it up into tiny pieces and watch it over time. Yeah, I, that's I'm, usually what I'm doing. I have it on my, my laptop and I watch as much as I can and then usually end up having to go to sleep and yeah. then just hit pause and then the next day come on in and keep going because I, I yeah. don't usually have three hours to watch something. 
Now, I'm kind of weird that way. I, I am very reluctant to sit and watch a movie because I think two hours of commitment you know, is too much. But I will binge a show, no problem. I'll go and watch uh, four or five episodes of Futurama in a row. No problem. Never mind that I've seen all the episodes of Futurama a few times. But I wonder television- how much of that is you have the option of stopping. Like if, if, you, um, if you go to a movie and you're like you, – basically your options are to sit there and watch the movie or leave. And once you've paid that kind of money, I think all of us are reluctant to leave. If you're binge watching a show, you can pause, you can stop and know you can come back to it without really paying anything except your time. And I think there's a, a comfort in that, you know, I can, I can stop watching this episode of daredevil and go take care of shit if I have to, because I can come right back to where I left off. You can't do that in a movie theater. Well, I, I'm actually pretty reluctant to do that with movies that I'm watching even on Netflix. Like, I have started a movie called Upstream Color, which is by the same guys that did Primer. I, I have started the movie like two or three times, and I refuse to do the stutter watch where I watch a little bit, then go do something else and come back and watch it. I want to sit down and take in this whole thing all as an experience, and I just – I haven't been able to do that. It's kind of frustrating. Mm. But we, and most movies that I haven't seen, I refuse to to do any kind of starter watch. I'm going to sit and watch the whole thing from beginning to end if I can. Well, and I think a movie definitely lends itself to that. But um, in this, you know, to to relate it to these three hour um, Twitch streams that I watch, which no, they're not movies, but as far as they are a self contained three hour experience. Um, I have no problem pausing and coming back to it because I am at home. I think it's a little more difficult when it is a, a, um, a two hour narrative experience. I think if, if Daredevil wasn't being put out as our shows, um, you know, where there's a natural stopping point, I think you'd be less likely to do that. But there is a, a comfort in knowing I can just pause and go to the bathroom and I'm not going to miss anything. Yeah. I well, that's a little true. different. Like, like, Pausing to go take a bio break or pausing to go grab more snacks to feed to feed my fat face <laughs> would are all like that's fine. I mean, I you take those kinds of breaks in movie theaters. And I think one thing personally for me staying at home, it's tough to just sit down and watch something uh, by myself because I'm I'm kind of a busybody or at least I try to be. So I, I try and, and either work on streaming things or I'll say like, oh, hey, I have these bounties in, De- in Destiny that I've got to take care of. And so I, I, I find it's tough to sit down and actually do stuff. And like I said, that's definitely the case with movies. And, and breaks like that where you're pausing and then, and then going, it's sort of like enhanced bathroom breaks at, uh, at the movies for, like, for stuff. Do you know, on the other hand, when I'm at the movies, I need to have a super necessary need to leave to go even to go to the bathroom. Once I'm there and it's it is a movie theater thing. It is specifically that once I sit my ass in that movie theater and the movie starts, I need to be super sick in order to leave or that has to be the worst thing ever of all time. So and even I, if it's the worst, I won't leave. I have a question. And this is actually something I found when I was watching uh, Avengers a couple of weeks ago. One thing I like about seeing a movie again is that you know exactly when to go to the bathroom. Because, like, 
Like in Avengers, yes, I had already seen it, but I didn't want to miss any of the action. So as soon as they arrived at Hawkeye's farm, I'm like, uh, oh, that- got to go to the bathroom. I, Jonathan, I hate you so much right now. What? That's like, I was just thinking as you started to say that, if he's going to talk about how like being at the farm is pee break time, <laughs> that is, that is the worst. That is the one of the best parts of that goddamn movie. You have right committed there. Like a cardinal sin against oh, Hawkeye. Oh, hold on. I'm not done. So I, I I was listening to our show last week, and you were and you had been like, oh, yeah, well, in the previews, they didn't really show anything. They show everything in the previews. I had no idea that there was a fight in South Korea. It's, but well, hold on. Is, Let's, wait, wait, let's not go too tra- far the, down. Hold on, hold on. There, there's a scene in one of the TV spots where Cap is looking over Seoul. And there's a scene where, where Scarlet, or not Scarlet Witch, but Black Widow is picking up uh, Cap's shield off of the street and says the line, I have to pick up after you boys. None of that. I had seen none of that before the movie. The trailer you know, has all of the good lines and all of the good bits and gives you context to maybe flashes or little images that you see. And that's the problem. That's why I avoid them. So I heavily refute the notion that, that I, I wouldn't have been spoiled on anything. Yeah, okay. and you just spoiled part of the movie, by the way. Like, <laughs> even if someone hadn't noticed that in the trailer, your whole rant against spoiler, you kind of ruined it for anyone listening. Okay, so I would... We're two weeks out. We can start talking. And I didn't say anything specific. You did. Yeah. You did not. You did but not. I mean, I think there's a couple of specific things we should not talk about. But I think right. we can start and talking I, in general. And you, you were talking in general about locations. I've only covered yes, stuff that was in the trailers. And I will not have seen the trailers even. Oh, for crying out loud! Okay, I, I will not listen. If you feel like the trailers would have spoiled you, there's no arguing with that. That's your how you feel. I would. I disagree in my case because all of the best lines coming out of that movie for me, had were not in the trailer, in any of the trailers, and I've yeah. seen most of them. Yeah, there's but, a certain speech given by a certain Avenger that is not in any of the trailers or promotional material. There's a couple. Right, and but there's, I'm thinking, there's you several... know, Lauren, you know exactly what speech I'm talking about. Oh, is, okay, well then, I, I guess I do, because it's See? probably the one that Hawkeye gives. I mean, that one is, well, okay. That one in, is in the trailer. Well, the end line, yeah. the end line, okay, one of the lines of that speech is in the trailer, but in the trailer it com- the, that it's in, it comes off as a joke. It comes yeah, off you, as, right. it comes off as, you know, here's Thor with his hammer and Black Widow is dangerous. And, you know, here's all these dangerous people. And then Hawkeye is just like, and I have a bow and arrow. And it comes off like a wah, wah, wah. And then you see it in context. And it's a completely different line. Um, I would say, though, there's a line that Hawkeye has moments after that that is one of the best lines in the movie. Oh, okay. Now I know which one you're talking about. There's that one. There's also uh, Cap has a line right at the beginning of the movie that is not oh, in the any of the running joke. Tra- right, right. The yeah. running joke is not in any of the trailers. And that one had the whole audience laughing, especially when Stark brings it back up. I thought that yeah. was. So anyway, I mean, without, I don't want to say any of them because those are not in, but okay. So, but bouncing off of that. So you mentioned in the trailer, so we can talk about it. There's the scene in where Black Widow gets dropped out of the, the Quinjet on the motorcycle and picks up Cap's shield to throw it to him. Have you guys seen the the controversy that's been going on about Black Widow in general in this movie, but specifically that scene? 
I uh, I've been talking, tuning out the the neckbeard yelling. Yes, yeah. I, I I like I heard about the stuff like with Joss Wheaton getting like supposedly getting kicked off Twitter or him retiring from Twitter, and it just Which was he, all noise. I, I just okay. don't care. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it was. So Joss Whedon left Twitter, and then a lot of people were just like, "It's because all the feminists were upset at the portrayal of Black Widow." And he came out and was like, "No, I need to write." And Twitter has become a really big distraction, so I'm leaving Twitter for a while. Yeah. Um, I think there is legitimate um, critique of the way that of, of the three women that appear in that movie, main women that appear in that movie. I think there's a little bit of, of good critique about how they're portrayed. Um, I didn't have any problems with it, and I don't agree with a lot of it. But one of the legitimate complaints has been, and this I totally agree with, um, the merchandise that's come out from Avengers, it has been almost impossible to find Black Widow stuff. Everything has been the guys. And even stuff, you know, like there. I, I constantly have been joking about how, well, you can find stuff that has Hulk and Thor and Iron Man and um, uh, Captain America. Like, the four of them are on everything. And then you can't find anything with Hawkeye and Black Widow. Well, there's even merchandise that includes Hawkeye, but it doesn't include Black Widow. And it got to the point that um, uh, Mark Ruffalo was actually tweeting about it because they'd gone to Target and his daughters had found a, a set of action figures that was all of the guys of the Avengers and not Black Widow. It was every other Avenger except for her. So that's been kind of coming to a head. And that's the stuff that I find a little, really annoying because like the critique of the movie, I think there is, I think in general, especially Black Widow comes off as, as a great character and she is not in any way portrayed as the woman. Um, but the merchandising lacking her has been really crappy. And then like this week was kind of the icing on the cake. They released a playset that uh, specifically is a reference to that scene in the movie. It is a Quinchet with the motorcycle that drops out. And it's not a huge spoiler to say it's the only time in the entire movie that you see this event happen. And in the movie, it's Hawkeye flying the Quinjet and the Black Widow drops out in the, in the motorcycle and continues on. In the toy, that's Captain America. So it no, like, it's Captain America being dropped from a motorcycle he never rode? It's Captain America on the motorcycle dropping from the Quinjet. Wow. They just replaced one of the more badass sequences for Black Widow in the movie and one of the more iconic ones, I mean, it's, it's in the trailers and it's, it's, a, it's, it's it was in the teaser. Like it, I had seen it before yep. it came out. And it's, it's a cool sequence, not just for her, but for everybody, there's a lot going on, but for her specifically, she is one of the main people in that whole sequence. Not just that the moment of her dropping out of the Quinjet on the motorcycle, they just replaced it with, with, so it's, it's a little Hawkeye flying the Quinjet and then Captain America on the motorcycle. And that, to me, was the most galling of everything because... So, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. Go so, there it. is that part where where Black Widow is is riding around the, with the cap shield on the front of the motorcycle. Maybe yes. the toy maker got confused, baby? Maybe. It's like, they, they like only had a three-quarters view of, 
of the person on the motorcycle. So they saw the shield and assumed it was Captain America. Maybe. No, however, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not serious about that at all. And I, okay. If I came off as serious, I apologize. But I was trying no, to be no, no, ridiculous. No. I just, I feel like, especially since this is a newer toy that just came out, and this has been sentiment that's been building for a while, especially since the movie came out. I'm just like, that's the part that super annoys me. Is like, yeah. what? Wait, what? What? What happened to her? You know? And like, and I, it's just. It's a really stupid annoying. And I agree with you. Like, there's no reason. And this Black Widow character's been in more Marvel movies than almost all of them. So there's no reason they shouldn't be trying to merchandise her. It's 2015. But I feel like in 2018, I think a a corner is going to be turned. I think with uh, Captain Marvel, we're going to see her in a lot more things, a lot more places. And I think three years down, we're hopefully going to see a lot more for, uh, for Carol Danvers. Right, right. And, and, and she's yeah, a perfect we, character for it. Yeah, exactly. And we've covered this, so we can... We I mean, can, and think about it from a marketing standpoint. Oh, by the way, she's an ex-KGB... Like, you get too deep into the storyline. Oh, she's a KGB spy who, like, killed a lot, a whole lot of people before she... While in S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? So with Carol Danvers, you have, like, an American hero. So she kind of leans more into that. Like, of all the characters, I would say Black Widow has, like, the darkest, like, background. Even more than the Hulk, in some ways. yeah. Well, and it's... So it's hard to market from that standpoint. Not necessarily that she's a woman, that, you know, she's a ruthless spy. Yeah, but if these... If the toy companies really cared about the backstory of these characters, I, you know, Tony Stark made weapons for terrorists. Sure. <laughs> you know, the Hulk but as killed a, a whole bunch of people in Brooklyn. Um, uh, Thor, Harlem. Harlem, sorry, in Harlem. Um... You know, none of them, they've got a Nick Fury in a lot of the stuff, and he, you know, he's got just as checkered of a background. I will say, on a more positive note, I'm going to dance around this, but not just uh, Carol Danvers and some of the, and and her being a a main uh, character, but I think Phase 3 Avengers is looking to be a lot more diverse in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, not just in terms of, of gender, but also, uh, you know, Black Panther coming with uh, Chadwick Boseman playing uh, the character of T'Challa. So that's well, I'm cool. talking specifically the Avengers. Oh, uh, well. In reference to the end of the Avengers. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. I, I see where you're going with that. But, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, all right, well, let's, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and... and and cover something we haven't we haven't co- spent like yeah. the last month covering. I know, um, but it's hard I, to get away from Avengers. Right, right. And, and you, there's legitimate concern there. I am going to see something that I've also been trying to avoid trailers and such for. I watched one, and I'm really, really bummed that I watched it. But uh, Mad Max Fury Road. That's tomorrow, guys. Are you really excited about this? Hell yeah. It's okay. it's not gotten a bad review yet. I, I, I don't know... I don't know and I don't care anything about the reviews itself, but, like, I don't know. Something about... Now, Mad Max has never been my favorite thing, and the new one just isn't catching me. I don't know why. It's... I mean, it's a car thing, for one. Mad yeah, Max I've never is definitely... Uh, okay, so Mad Max is definitely... He's someone sort of from my childhood. I mean, I never... Like, I watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and there was this kind of, like, kitschy thing... I remember watching The Road Warrior. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it. So, like, Mad Max is something that I have tangential knowledge of. 
in uh, in probably what a lot of people would consider the worst Mad Max movie beyond Thunderdome. I'm really looking forward to getting a fresh take on the character. I'm really looking forward to Tom Hardy. I'm really curious as to what uh what what's your name is going to bring. Um uh, shit, she won an Academy Award for God's sakes. Uh, Charlie's Theron? Charlie's Theron. That's that's who. Can't remember her name. I'm I'm wondering what she's going to bring to the table. You know, whenever an actress of that caliber shaves her head, you're in for an experience, with one notable exception. Like, head shaving means some good acting is coming, because why else would you shave your head? Is that sexist because... to say? Maybe a little. Wait, so, wait, who's the okay. one? Because I can think of a couple of, of examples that weren't great. To be more, I noticed notably, wasn't that great in uh, G.I. Jane. She was not. Uh, neither was Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3. Then, oh, she shaved. She I, think she was, I think she was fine. I think Alien 3 was just abysmal. I, I, I don't think anyone escapes Alien 3 unscathed. Not David Fincher, not Joss Whedon, no one. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I blame the creators a little bit more than I blame the actors, but I, I feel Well, about that's what her. I'm saying. Joss yeah, Whedon right. and David Fincher don't get away unscathed. No, they, they don't. But I think, I think she, I mean, the same way that Ben Affleck, I don't blame him for the dare, for what happened with the daredevil movie. You know, that was all Mark Steven Johnson. I blame the people. So do you not, do you not blame John Favreau at all? For what? For daredevil, the movie. Oh yeah. I blame him. I don't blame the actors. I I don't tend, I don't tend to blame the actors unless they give a bad performance. And, and those two cases, I don't think either Sigourney Weaver nor Ben Affleck gave bad performances. The Favreau just was just uh, foggy in that movie. He didn't um, direct it. I think it was someone else. You want to check? I can double I check. Don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Mark Steven Johnson. I blame I blame the people in charge of creating the content, not the actors, um, unless the actors do a bad job. Let's see. And so Favreau, Mark Steven Johnson directed um, Daredevil. Favreau oh. directed Iron Man, but he there played Happy Hogan. Yeah. So he just showed up to. I thought be an for actor. sure that uh, Favreau directed. Uh, Directed everyone. Oh, nope. It was the same maybe. guy who directed uh, Electra, which was equally bad, if not worse. <laughs> which was much, much worse. And that actress, I will blame because I thought she gave a horrible performance. Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yes. Razzy worthy. I thought she was horrible in that in a horrible movie. I would. Okay, Jenga. To go back to your, your question, is that sexist? Yeah. The yes whole and no. Thing. Okay. Yes and no. It is. Should it be yes? Because the reality is that changing your physical appearance in any way should not show any kind of um, indication about the seriousness of your acting or your role. Um, The reality is that a a bald woman is not a normal thing, at least in Western society. And there is usually a reason for it, whether it's a good reason, like I'm making a statement or I'm, just want to be bald or a unfortunate statement like I have cancer. So it's the, it's unfortunately not the norm. And thus for a woman to shave her head is usually is almost always a statement of some sort while a man being bald is just a guy being bald. So it's, it's not, I, I I hesitate to be like, yes, of course it's sexist, blah, blah, blah. But, But you know, it's more nuanced than that. And I don't think you can blame, you know, I don't think you can blame any of the actresses for, you know, 
I don't think shaving your head as an actress automatically means you're a better actress. Not even that. Just like it it sort of means that the performance tends to be a lot stronger. I think because there's a whole branding issue, right? Where when you're an actress, more even when you're an actor, you're you're sort of a brand. You're a look, you know. Um, I think in both sexes, you're a brand or a look. But I think well, I think it's doubly true women. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, physical changes for a woman are ten times more talked about than for a guy. I mean, who was the actress recently that won an award and there was all this talk about, you know, oh, she was so brave, she performed without makeup. Who was that? I don't even know. I don't know. There was was some actor, but that that was like what people talked about. She was so brave to perform without makeup. Well, fuck you. No. (laughs) The reason she was awesome is because she gave a good performance. performance. Sure. And the character required her to be without makeup. The same way I'm sure Shirley's Theron, the character requires her to be bald. And her performance will be based on how good of a performance she gives. Her having hair and not having hair should have nothing to do with it. But the realities of life in Western, uh, in the Western world right now. Eh, so speaking of gender issues in movies, Uh-oh. there, uh, there is something that is actually just broken and Ooh. it's just been released. It is the gem and the holograms trailer for the, for the gem and the holograms movie that's getting ready to come out. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see this yet. I, I haven't, I haven't either so far. And, and and this is just from a few people on on Facebook that I've seen. No one's happy. <laughs> and, are, and here's 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 why I think reasons? that is because and I did see some pictures and like a brief synopsis earlier before the trailer had come out. So for those of us who remember, Gem and the Holograms was a cartoon in the eighties. It was it was made by Sunbow, and so the same animation house that did like GI Joe and Transformers and all them. But it was geared for girls. Despite being geared for girls, it had a lot of cool stuff. It, there was a band. There was a AI that was like a supercomputer that, that created Gem by projecting a hologram on this record executive. So she would touch her earrings and say, it's Showtime Synergy, and she would turn into Gem. There was a rival band. We were talking about last week, the, your, your dark mirror. Well, the Misfits were definitely the dark mirror of the holograms. So there was, there was a lot of other stuff going on. It wasn't just Jem and the band. It was Jem, the band, her father's research, the supercomputer. Uh, corporations tried to take find the supercomputer so they can grab it and exploit it. All that. Apparently, the new Jen and the Holograms movie doesn't do any of that. There's no misfits, no synergy, no holograms. It's just about apparently like believing in yourself and hey we're a band and we're going to come up from nothing and be awesome and that's it this is a recurring thing with um 80s properties that are remade into movies in modern day whether it be transformers or whether it be ninja turtles or i guess now gem and the holograms where you take the sort of surface parts of what made them but you put that out there but you don't include anything that made them, you know, great or any of the the cool character moments or any of the interesting things that made you think and, and inform people's thoughts. Instead, you just twist it into a popcorn film and uh, throw it out there so as more schlock. Would well. you say that Transformers, the the modern movies that we've gotten now, are just a caricature of the cartoon? Tunes. Oh, because uh, if you want to, frankly, 
I don't think the cartoons, there was a whole lot to them. It was robots that transformed to sell me toys. So the fact that these new movies are kind of horrible and sort of abominations, it doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is that there was already a really good, or not a really good, but at least a halfway decent Transformer movie already made called Transformers sure. the Movie that taught kids, hey, sometimes your heroes die because they do a dangerous job. Right. Also, people from Star Trek become giant space robots. Right. So, yes. Or gargoyles. So, so moving, taking the Transformers movie and setting it aside in a special little box and just comparing the TV series with the new slate of movies directly. And you know what? We'll even give the, TV, the movies a break. We'll just lop off Transformers 4 and pretend that didn't fucking happen. Okay. So That's very generous of you, by the way. I, extremely generous of me. I think those two are very comparable when you, when you look at it. And there's I, – I don't know. I, I think we look at stuff like G.I. Joe and Transformers through very uh, nostalgic colored glasses. Rose-tinted lenses. Exactly. Okay, I could see that. But even then there was story and there was stuff and maybe it was simplistic but there was more of a resonant story. I cared. I mean even as an adult going back and watching it, I care more about those – yeah, the animated characters and I did about the the ones in the movies feel less real and they feel like the plot devices being moved to sell toys. I mean, granted, 80s cartoons were largely effect, like you know, toy commercials, but they were effective toy commercials. You were invested in those characters. They Even if, as simple as they were, you cared about them. I didn't really care about the movie Transformers. Well, and I think G.I. Joe has a corollary as well. Uh, Transformers at least had a whole bunch of different series that Hey, Owen, try something real quick. Get close to your computer. I am now close to my computer. Okay, awesome. Stay there. Oh, it's still coming through my goddamn computer. It has been this entire time. Oh, I thought I turned it off. Um, the... I've now forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. You guys saw G.I. Joe Resolute, right? I didn't see the The, second... That's the the new... That's the, like, super short cartoon series that they did, right? Yeah. They, they pasted the whole thing together into essentially a movie, but it came out episodically, I want to say on the Cartoon Network, but it was an animated movie done in short parts. It had nothing to do with the live-action movies, um, but it basically it took the original cartoon characters and it made a movie out of them by adults for adults. There is, is serious fight sequences, characters die, uh, Cobra actually does horrific shit, um, wow. and, it, and earns its title as a, as a terrorist Ruthless organization. Terror organization, yeah. Yeah, like, like millions die. Um, it is an excellent example of what you can do with a property like G.I. Joe, which was originally just as much about uh, selling toys, um, if you take the, the good out of it, well, here are these characters, these iconic characters, and here's kind of this interesting universe and, you know, this and that, and you give it to a really good writer or two, because that movie is absolutely outstanding, um, and doesn't pander at all. And yet still holds enough nostalgic value that I enjoy seeing these characters again, even though they have these broad brushstrokes, um, the G.I. Joe movies are less successful, the live-action ones, but at least they have an element of fun to them that I can't deny and some pretty good casting. So I, I think G.I. Have... Joe is more successful than Transformers, but, you know, it's just sad that there's, there's a way of doing it right. 
Right. And and I was going to ask, is there an 80s cartoon property that did it right? And I'm really glad you brought up Resolute because I I completely missed it, but I loved it. Like the very beginning, like when in the first few minutes, they kill Bazooka. Mm-hmm. Like they find Bazooka's dead body because yep. because uh, Storm Shadow had killed him. And it's just just fantastic. And it's just a shame because when the Gem and the Holograms first released a, like a teaser deal, it was good art. Like it was a really effective poster. Like it was it, it just it, it struck me like that was a piece of art that really spoke to me. And now I'm I'm getting ready to watch this trailer and I really I have super low expectations because of what I've read about the movie synopsis. And like you said, it's just it's a it's it's a horrible horrible um I don't know. It's just terrible that that it's it's come to that when it could have been good. Like they could have had the gem and the holograms uh, uh, resolute or something. I don't know. That would have been great. Well, I will give you an example of an 80s property that did have a successful and well-orchestrated media, but it's kind of a cheat because the movie came out around the same time the series came out. I'm speaking, of course, of DuckTales. Treasure of the Lost Lamp was was excellent film. It didn't compromise any of the adventure or the fun or the sense of just wonder that that world created, and I'm really happy that they're bringing that show back. Hopefully they do it justice. I mean, that's... That's been the hard thing. No, no matter how these rehashes or remakes or retellings go, it's I, I think it's obvious that it's not about medium. It's not about, um, is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a cartoon? Is it live action? It's about doing it justice. Um, you know, we talked at the top of the show about the, the new Muppet show. I'm totally excited for it because I think the trailer as I said, made me laugh, and that's something. But in the end, it's is it good? Does it do the Muppets justice? I, we'll see. I think it has a good shot, too, because if you remember the original Muppet show, it wasn't all for the kids. Yeah. Like, there there were a too. lot of off-color jokes, and yes, it was ostensibly geared for children, but even now, there are parts of the Muppet show that I'd like to watch. Yeah. And it's... I feel like... like Sesame Street is kind of trying too hard for that same sort of hey, we're going to appeal to kids, but also wink, wink, adult jokes. That but they've been doing that for a long time, though. That's not anything new for them. But what, what they, I guess it's I, I haven't watched Sesame Street in a long time, and it seems like in the YouTube age, a lot more of this stuff has come out, and some of it's been good, like the sure. House of Cards one, and some of it has not been as good, like the. Uh, the Avengers parody, and the maybe Avengers Game parody. of Thrones. The Game of Thrones one was kind of middling. Yeah, yeah. But the game—that's uh, you have to admit, even even if not by volume, the Game of Thrones one and and the Avengers one were really trying too hard. Eh, uh, they did one for uh, Hungry Games, Hungry Games too. I'm saying Hungry Games, Cookie Monster playing the role of Katniss, which I thought was pretty clever. That one was uh, funny, and that was true back in the day too. Like Wet Paint was really really good, but then Rebel L. Not so great. Do you remember the Billy, uh, the Billy Idol like spoof they did with uh, a Billy Idol Muppet singing to a letter L instead of saying Rebel Yell, singing Rebel L? I, I think I may have grown out of Sesame Street at that. Not so great. Well, this is one <laughs> from when I was a kid. 
And they've always done that. It's always hit or miss. The thing with YouTube is it's in your face more now. Like when you grow up, you stop watching Sesame Street, you didn't hear about it anymore. Now it's trending on on YouTube and you hear about it because honestly, Jimmy Fallon changed the game. Like late night going from being something that was on late at night and you talked about to being something that's all over the internet pretty much the day after it comes out. So would that be Fallon or Kimmel or maybe even Conan? I think uh, Kimmel did some of it, but Actually, I think Jimmy I think Fallon's Conan, one. because Conan had his whole Team Coco thing. Team Coco, right. But I think Jimmy was doing it for late night pretty much as soon as from day one. Right, like, but I, what I'm saying is like the timeline, he did it from day one because it was already being done. And I well, think he makes Hold on, hold on. He makes a right. case for it being done extremely well. Sure. But he wasn't the first. But he might Actually, be no, the best. he would have. He was the first because his show, late night show, came on before Conan was kicked off the night show. He was doing that back when it was late night Jimmy Fallon. Team Coco only really started like when Conan was on after Conan got kicked off in two thousand nine. Jimmy's been on there since. Actually, Jimmy started around the time Conan started like, hosting Tonight Show. Conan wasn't doing any of that stuff with the Tonight Show. He got kicked off, and then he gets internet following, and then Team Coco becomes the whole internet thing, and then now he's pushing it with TBS. I can't. I guess. I guess I can't speak to specific timelines because, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch that, and it's it seemed to all happen at around the same time. Right. But and for every for every Fallon too. video, there was a Jimmy Kimmel putting up a a fake uh, girl setting herself on fire while trying to twerk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like it all started around the same time. I guess you're right. But back to the whole 80s adaptation thing, what I'd like to see now that the Reading Rainbow app is in this beta is more of those kids' anthology shows that actually brought books to life and encouraged kids to read. I'm thinking most notably of CBS Story Break and uh, the ABC Weekend Special. Do you guys remember those shows? Vaguely. Ah, Captain OG Readmore, just a faint glimmer in, in, in the minds of Lauren and Jonathan. Makes me sad. These were like key roles in in my formative years to the point where I could imagine them coming back. I kind of want to host CBS Story Break. I want to be the next Bob Keeshan or Malcolm Jamal Warner and introduce these books to kids. Well, who doesn't want to be Malcolm Jamal Warner? (laughs) That's true. Or at the very least, be like um, the guy who finds on YouTube a banjo cover of the CBS Story Break theme, which had this amazing guitar riff. Just Google, like, let's search on YouTube, CBS Story Break theme, and you'll be treated to some, some awesome 80s hot hair metal guitar licks worthy of the Thundercats end credits. Oh, Thundercats. Yeah. See, now there's okay, something Okay, there's that- another one that came out recently with a, with a reboot, and I... The reboot was pretty good, actually. It got canceled I, before its time. Right. I, I, I didn't really watch it, but I... I heard good things. I think from you and from from other people that that it was actually a pretty decent uh, adaptation. Probably not up to the to the standard of Resolute because let me tell you, when you see Roadblock mow down a bunch of dudes while laughing with a machine gun, <laughs> well, uh, if you take away the machine gun, I've seen that already. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a joke at your expense. Never you mind. It, it was less a joke at your expense and more a joke lovingly directed to you. Wink. We love you. We do. And you deserve a machine gun and laughing maniacally. Well, that's, that's Wednesdays on Destiny. Yeah. I was, actually, 
I got to I got to fire a my corrective measure a Destiny talk for a second. I got to fire my corrective measure into a small room of dudes and it was glorious. Got a triple kill. It was it was fantastic. Would have gotten a quadruple except my fucking Titan threw up a bubble that blocked the rest of my bullets and saved the enemy team. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, I have been too busy hunting monsters in Evolve and continuing to make my way through Spartan Ops in Halo. So and and playing a little bit of Diablo. So. Destiny will have to wait for me until the expansion comes out. Oh, I, I got my first hard mode completion on uh, Krita. So I have, this may also be the reason that I haven't wanted to play Destiny. Uh, the last time I played Destiny, we completed Crota um, without anybody dying. And I'm still the only person in the entire party who that achievement hasn't popped for. Yeah, we're we're getting ready to, to rev up for our Flawless Raider run. And apparently that issue is going to be fixed in the next patch. Okay, is it going to be fixed and then unlock for me? Because I'm not doing that again. We'll see. Yeah, I'm literally the only person in the six-person raid who it hasn't unlocked for. For, for those who don't know and, and didn't hear this story before, there is a, an achievement in Destiny called Flawless Raider where you play a raid, you complete a raid, and no one in the team has died. And I believe that when Oboe and her fire team first did it, what was it, like two people unlocked the achievement and the rest didn't? Yes, and then slowly over the next week, everybody else but me unlocked it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, and I've even booted up Destiny um, occasionally since then to see if booting it up and, and loading it up and getting into my character would unlock it, and it doesn't. So, oh well. Yeah, now, we, when you go for Flawless Raider, are you going to go Vault of Glass? Are you going to go Crota? Crota, absolutely. There was, we've, we actually, on, on the stream on, I think it was Friday night... We, I ran into a, a section in the falling part where I could not get out. Like, I wedged myself into a ledge that I'd never seen before. It's this little tiny crevasse. <laughs> Couldn't get out. So, luckily, I had a couple of rockets. But I only needed one. <laughs> yeah, if you pointed to the right Blew myself direction. up. And, uh, and actually, it was funny. Our good friend, Lauren Crozier, uh, had a... So, while I'm... And, and I'm actually going to put this back up on the, uh, on the Glib Shark feed here when we get done on, on the YouTube channel. So uh, we, had, uh, we had Lauren, we had Shadows Flame, we had Crazy Boy, and then we had uh, one of my other Destiny teammates, uh, Thunderdome. Nice guy from, from, from the internet. So anyway, as I was getting myself out of that crevasse, I hear Lauren just like giggling just because she had had some wine. So she was a little drunk. And she's like, oh, my God, you threw your knife by my ear, and it sounded really cool. Could you try that with a rocket? <laughs> and so she did, and she's like, oh, that's awesome. Do it again. And, and I'm listening to this and trying to make my way back to where they were because there was a chest I needed to get. She was so tickled by that moment that it, she drew it like the next like uh, a couple of days ago. Aww. It showed up on her stream, and it is so funny. It, it's Definitely the Lauren Crozier style and just just really, really awesome. But I'm probably not going to be raiding with her on on Friday when we when we do the stream, do the marathon. Uh, I am going to raid with a couple of other people. Actually, on Saturday or Sunday, uh, our good friend Izzy had been taking a break from Destiny. And so she came back. So, OK, get this. So she comes back and she's like, hey, I want this gun, but I need coins. I'm like, cool. On Saturday, we'll go. We'll play a couple of strikes. We'll get you the coins. It turns into we, get, we gather a team. Not only do we get her those coins, we could do a Vault of Glass hard mode run. 
Then we do a crota hard mode run. And then we're just kind of faffing about and, and we're like, okay, well, we're going to take a break as well. Wow, that was a lot of Destiny we played. Around like 10 o'clock, all of us are back on Destiny again playing other stuff. <laughs> it was so weird. And then on Sunday, we tried a, a three-man vault run and almost finished it. it. We got really close. But so for a, for a couple of these people, it was their first day back in a couple of months and they got thrown into some of the hardest rating we've ever done and succeeded. It was it was great. It was so awesome. Well, I will tell you this. I am house and dog sitting on Friday for a friend of mine. Um, I'm going to be bringing the Xbox because basically all I'm going to be doing is working and then going home and hanging out with the dog. Uh, if I can get that connected to the Internet, I do plan on, on joining you for a little bit. If not, I will absolutely be in your stream watching you as you Sherpa people because I think that's going to be awesome. Yay. And I think... Uh, one of the nice things is I can, I can teach Vault of Glass. Like Vault of Glass, for me, is I, I know how to get someone through. Crota had been a challenge for me because I just didn't know it as well as the other raid. I think now that I've done hard mode and definitely on normal mode, I'm a lot more comfortable teaching it to new people. So I'm looking forward to that. Although, at some point, we'll probably have the as I like to call him, the Destiny Jedi Master who instructed me, uh, he might come on and, uh, and help out with some of the Sherping uh, near the end. So the Sherpa will get Sherpered. Yes. Mm. Uh, some of the people that I've, that I've played with that I've kind of taught the rating to, were it was very interesting for them to meet the guy who had taught me. Because well, this guy looking, is an incredible player. Well, I'm looking forward to it on Friday. The, uh, you have a stream going on on Friday, and I think Mary is doing, uh, Sailor Tweak is doing her live stream for charity on Saturday. So pretty much this whole weekend before I get on a plane and go to Event Redacted is going to be watching friends of mine stream video games. Yeah, it's the stop time of 11 o'clock was very deliberate because while I'm winding down, a lot of those Operation Supply Drop streams are going to be starting up. I know, yep. I know, I think Rooster Teeth starts at, I want to say, 12? Have they announced that? I haven't seen I, I don't. Yet. I don't remember. But I know the side quest one starts at 11, and that's when I'm stopping. And mm -hmm. I think Mary or someone else is starting at 10 a.m. So I'll probably... I know Mary... Yeah, I know Mary starts that morning, so you're probably remembering correctly. Yeah. So, and like I said, that'll, that'll let me kind of... I'm going to be the warm-up to the Operation Supply Drop streams, and there's going to be a few, because after I get done with mine, I am going the fuck to bed. Well, yeah. I'm going to, and I'm probably not going to play any more Destiny until Tuesday when the, when the expansion drops. Oh, yeah, that does drop on Tuesday. 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 Yeah. I may be showing up. And just so you're prepared for this, I may be showing up to Event Redacted not having played any of the expansion because I don't know if I'm going to have time. I know, me too. Yeah, I know <laughs> Izzy might actually be in the same boat because I believe she might be out of town uh, the week before Event Redacted. So she's not. She wouldn't have had an opportunity to play either. And well, and I've been thinking about it more. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring my Xbox. I'm just gonna leave it at home because I don't. I don't or you could bring it, and that could be what we do Friday night. Drinks yeah. and Destiny live in person oh at Event Redacted. Well, we're going to, I guess, uh, yeah, I'm going to be at your, ah, fuck it, I'll bring it. Why not? 
it's up to you. It's, no, it's a big, heavy even, block. Even so if we totally don't do Destiny, we'll still have, there's still other games we can play on my Xbox. Like, we could get a Drunk Worms game going. We could test out Drunk Worms for RTX. Would you like me to at least bring a controller so that you don't have to bring a 20 million controllers for people? Well, I only have the one, so sure. Okay. I will bring, if you will bring an Xbox, I will bring a controller. I might pick up another controller as well because mine, mine is giving me fits. All right. And we should, with that, we should end because now we have stuff to plan for for Event Redacted. Awkward silence. Indeed. It's been a while since we had Dead Air. We'll bring it back just to see how it I was. was. Okay, I was waiting for Jack to pick that up. I was like, okay, we've cut, we're clearly done with our Destiny talk. Jack, I, I, I did everything except say, Jack, take it from here, buddy. Yes. <laughs> Your silence should have been enough, and it wasn't. I was like, I was like, here's the hook. Here's the hook. Oh, my God, it's the biggest hook I've got. Oh, we just hung ourselves on that hook. Yeah. I, 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 let, I let you guys, I watched you guys. You forced us to dangle. I did drop force you to dangle, for which I apologize. But, uh, oh, man, in a couple of weeks, I'm thinking, like, I may have to take off, not next week, but the following week. So I'm thinking I may need one week off. But I'll be back after that, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Actually, what I could do for this show is play some, play some House of Wolves. Well, there you go. Like, play the story missions on the stream and just talk. It, it, for me, it's going to depend on what I'm doing at my parents' house that Tuesday, because I'll be visiting them after Event Redacted, but I will have access to an Xbox One, so... Actually, a special mystery um, guest substitute for me has actually threw his hat into the ring, and we can talk about it a little bit off the air if, if you're interested in doing sure. that that week. We'll but, uh, see. Yeah, there we go. And on that ominous note, our... Uh, our announcer is Bob Ball. Our uh, sound producer and engineer is Jonathan Cerna. I'd like to add videographer to that list. <laughs> Our music oh. is done by Linnea Boyev. You can follow me at Jack Edithill, him at road underscore block, and her at Oboe Crazy. So next week, we'll have that live chum, uh, Twitter widget up and running for the entire time. So if you have interesting things, you just throw them that way and we'll see them live and in real time. And then our list, our streamers will see it too. So that's kind of exciting. It's meta Twitter streaming thing. Hashtag. Indeed. <laughs> You've but, never sounded older and less used to technology than that. Oh, sentence. you should, <laughs> you should see me when I get my corporate speak going. It's scary. And I make myself sick. Oh, what are your best demonstrated practices, Jonathan? We'll review that at the next meeting. We'll have to sideline that topic for now. But I do have some action plans for you going forward that I'd like to review with you and your manager. Gotcha. But that's on the parking lot for now. I just lost my soul. <laughs> we did years ago. <laughs> Thanks, corporate America. But, uh, and thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. So until next week, on behalf of Lauren Urban, Jonathan Cerna, and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Adathil saying good night, good health, and awkward silence. We have some opportunities for improvement there. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.